Welcome back to the Fifth Year Podcast. As always, Clint Maxey, Zach Ruley, and yours truly, Parker Biggs here. One of the best weeks of the year is here. It's Masters Week, and we are very, very excited to bring on Brian Kirshner, host of the Tap In Birdie Podcast, one of the my favorite uh, golf betting expert out there. Uh, you can find the Tap In Birdie Podcast live on Tuesday nights. Uh, that means Brian is hopping on with us right before he records his own podcast. So, Brian, we really appreciate you uh, joining. Yeah, of course, man. I, I appreciate it. I know we, we've corresponded before. And uh, I, I always appreciate when when people reach out to me for uh, the major weeks. You know, I, I'm not hopping on a pod to talk about the Zurich Classic or like the Zozo or something. I like a, I like a good event that uh, I know people are going to gonna be interested in. And, you know, Masters Week, I always say it. It's like this is the week, you know, we I handicap golf every single day, every single tournament. It doesn't matter. This is the week where all the casual fans come out of the woodwork, ask for your locks. So I need a good week because I, I know a lot of people will uh, be listening to my picks and they'll, they'll be uh, asking me for some advice. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. All the casual fans are out and about this week. So, I mean, obviously the big news uh, is Tiger playing. So first question, are you going to put any action on Big Cat? App? So I – I'm like, I kind of got into the space like after like Tiger, like wasn't like really in it. So like, I never have had like an unbelievable golf experience with Tiger. I'm not, you know, I'm only 23 years old. I'm not like a huge Tiger stan. And I think he's someone that, you know, just kind of becomes like a media vacuum and just all like, if I never really liked, if he finishes T45 in a tournament, that's like all people talk about. So I've never been super high on Tiger. And then I've never really thought he was going to play the Masters. And part of me two weeks ago, if you told me right now he was going to play, I would say, yeah, I'd probably fade him, bet him to miss the cut. I just placed 150 bucks on Tiger to make the cut at plus 120. The reports from Augusta right now are saying that he is absolutely striping the ball. His short game's immaculate. He's driving it well. And, you know, he's not playing some random course. He's playing Augusta National that he's won at multiple times, has easily the best course history of anyone in the field at this event. You know, obviously the Masters field, it's a little bit smaller. It's only 90 guys, throw out 15 of them. So he only has to beat a few guys, plus 120 to make the cut. Look, I think it's a great bet. And I do think he will make the cut. 50 to 1 to win, horrible bet. Do not bet that. There's no value on that. But I think a cut to a bet to make the cut is has some value on it. And I think it's a good bet because I think he'll be playing the weekend this year. I agree. Yeah. Reports are uh, are definitely strong. So, you know, like you said, you're handicapping every week. Do you approach the Masters differently? I know like the strokes gain numbers from Augusta. You can't really access like you can week in and week out. So is your approach different this week than it is for a typical PGA event? I think that the Masters week, it's a little bit more of just like gut and feel based. It's not so much like I always think of, for whatever reason, that that tournament at Caves Valley BMW, where reports was like bombers and like people it's long, like people that are long up the tee are just going to absolutely dominate here. And then you could kind of pick guys like that. Like I think Augusta is more of a spot where like experience matters. Like, 
a lot of trends line up like you could just bet people based off trends and you know it it tends to to work out so i think a week like this more than ever my advice to everybody pick two guys under 25 to one to win. And most likely you will have a guy in the mix and you have a very good chance of cashing. I do think the winner comes from below 25 to one. And I think this is a week where a a little bit different is that I'm willing to front a lot of money on a guy under 20 to one, because as you know, you know, betting golf outrights, you know, you want a big return and it's very hard to get a big return unless you front a lot of money on a guy under 20 to one. But I think this week an elite will win. Um, so I, I'm more willing this week to uh, bet a big favorite at an event like this versus a lot of other weeks because uh, elites have uh, historically dominated here. So what, which of those top tier guys kind of stand out to you? So, look, I'm not the first one to say this. I think he's a very popular pick this week, but I'm going to be betting Justin Thomas at 14 to 1. I think that a lot of Masters winners, like, are kind of trending, in a sense, towards a win at Augusta, and they keep having better and better finishes at Augusta. I think JT fits that mold. So that that's one box checked for me. And then the other one for me is that he is, in my opinion, the best golfer on tour right now that had, doesn't have a win this season. You just look at how well he's played since the century um, Four top fives, just gaining on approach. And like, I think that the fact that he hasn't won sets up well for him. I think he would be a lot less popular if he was to, you know, win the Phoenix or win Genesis or, or win Valspar. So I think that, you know, and he's also a guy that he always wins big events. You know, his last win was the players. He's obviously a major champion. And I just think he has too much talent to only have one major. And then the other thing that I think people are are really liking about him, and, you know, this could be a completely overblown narrative, but the fact that he's going to have, bones on the bag who's won three masters with phil mickelson it can only help him the only thing i was worried about is that if he was going to be paired with tiger he's not and he has a favorable um favorable draw um with the weather it seems like right now so i'm going to be going jt and then i got a 26 to 1 on spieth i bet that like it's just it's just a silly number on literally one of the best masters players over the past um you know yeah and i i uh heard earlier so he's i think he leads in strokes gained approach since 2015 amongst every player in the field so yeah that number is pretty crazy now kind of more than that like middle tier specifically i'm talking about that group of injured guys so um um, Hideki, Bryson, now Abe Answer kind of in that group. Do you see any value um, in any of those guys where, you know, no one wants to touch them because of the injuries, because they haven't been playing a lot of golf? Um, is there any value there? I think the only person that presents any value to me or someone that I would touch would be Abe Answer. Look, betting golf and is so tough. And there's so many variables that you can't control. Like I've never been the one to bet somebody because they were coming off an injury because they were at a better number, because that's just not something I want, you know, going for them, 
you know, into the Masters. But Abe Answer, I think the weird thing is that his withdrawal last week was so odd and he just said he was forced to withdraw, gave no reason. And now he's at the Masters, like in the practice round today. Like he wasn't sick. I don't think he was injured in any way. He played really well the week before. So I think if Abe Answer's ownership is low in DFS, I do like that as a play and and someone that people might be a little bit turned off of given the fact that he withdrew a last tournament at the Valera. I've got one name that kind of stands out to me. Uh, Adam Scott, I think you can get him at like 66 to one. Everyone knows his flaws on the putting green over the years, but in the last 18 months, he's suddenly become a, like a top 15 type putter. So his game clearly has worked at Augusta before he's won there. And now you factor in that he's putting well. Um, I see some value there. What are your thoughts on him? No, I think Adam Scott's a, a great play. And, you know, he's obviously an immaculate ball striker. So the fact that he's been able to find something with the flat stick, I think that can only help his chances. And, you know, we've seen, you know, historically bad putters win here, Adam Scott included, also Sergio Garcia and Hideki Matsuyama. Those are just excellent ball strikers that I think that if they could just be a neutral putter for the week, they can have a, a really impressive tournament. So I think as a long shot, Adam Scott, I think, you know, 66 to one, I think that's that's some good value. And, you know, I, I think the putting recently can only help him. I think that will uh, definitely be something to look at. Another name that I'll bet, and it might be dumb just because of his recent form, but I just can't avoid it, especially in a major. Uh, you know I'm a big Tony Finau guy. Thoughts on, on big Tony? Can he, can he turn it around this week? I mean, he, he churns out top tens at Augusta. He does. And Tony's someone that always plays well in majors. He's been good at Augusta. You know, I think with Tone, it's like, he showed just enough last week. If he missed the cut last week, I, I don't know. But, you know, gain 3.9 on approach, gain 2.1 putting with some really short misses. I, I don't know. I, I think Tony's – there's some guys, you know, like Louie, um, like Tony, like Xander Shoffley, that you kind of just forget about what's ever going on and you just play them in majors because they've shown consistently that they can contend and they could, you know, they show up for majors and their game is better suited um, for majors. So I think Tony's a fine play. You know, I, I'm a little curious to see where his ownership comes in. Um, because I think people like playing Tony Finau. So let me just see. Well, I just, I, I would say it's probably been about 10 to 12% ownership. So I like that in DFS. And I think if you could get a good number on him, it's, it's worth a bet. Rather than going into another player here, I just want to hear your, a lot of our, this is not a golf podcast. So our listeners are, you know, not necessarily as knowledgeable on golf betting um, as, you know, your listeners on your podcast. So, Week in, week, week out, can you give a breakdown of kind of how, what you're, uh, you're spending your money on DFS, so that's daily fantasy for those that don't know, compared to outrights or, you know, top five, top tens? How, how, do, you, how do you do that? Yeah, so I think the way to, to, you know, bet golf is to bet outrights and then have a little bit of insurance on top tens and top 20s because at the end of the day I'm just trying to figure out if a golfer is going to play well 
in a given week, you know, he could play well, but someone could blitz the field. And, you know, if I just bet him outright, there's no money there. So I think that betting guys outright, you you pick a number that you want to win. Let's say it's $800. Let's say it's $5,000 and you bet all your golfers to win that amount. So you have that. And then whatever you want to spend on outrights a week, a hundred bucks, 200 bucks, whatever like that, whatever you like, bet that. And then I really recommend betting them top 20 if you can get plus money. I don't recommend laying juice on betting top 20s and top 10s, but that's what's so great about it. Unless you're betting John Rahm, you will get plus money. So like this week, um, I really like Will Zalatoris. I do not think he can win, but I think he'll be in it, and I think he could finish in top 20. So on a bet like that, I so on an outright, I'd like to win a grand. Let's just say I'd like to win $1,000. So that's, you know, about a $40 investment to the outright. But then on a top 20, I'll put $200 on it because that's, you want to bet whatever your unit is, bet one or two units on that and then bet like a quarter of the unit on them outright. And then DFS is tricky because you can't always just play the guys you like outright because ownership's a factor there. So, you know, you might like, like this week, JT, I really like him to win, but I'm not going to be playing him in DraftKings because he's going to be 25% owned. I would rather play someone with lower ownership. And then in DFS that fluctuates week to week, how much I actually put in. But my advice is if, if you want to get started in betting in golf betting is to pick an amount you're willing to basically lose on outrights a week and spread that out a bunch of a few golfers. And then, on those same golfers or a few of those bet a little bit more on their top twenties and top tens. That's my best advice. And that is um, how I've found to be a, a, a little bit profitable in the, in the industry. There was it's a stat pulled up here and it's gone. Um, okay. Yeah. That's, that's really good. That's I'm not a big DFS guy. I'm like you, I'm a, an outright guy. I put some insurance in the top twenties. Um, is there anyone that you're not like a, I know you at the masters, you don't often see a real huge long shot win, but is there a guy that you're not going to be putting money on to win? Uh, so you're not using this as an insurance play, but you are going to take a top 10 or top 20 on. Okay. So this number kind of jumped out to me and I do not think he will win. I think he has legitimately no shot of winning this tournament. I don't know what books you guys use or if you guys are in legal states, but Webb Simpson for a top 40 is plus 100. Look, I already talked about it. The master's field is extremely small. And there's a bunch of guys that legitimately have no shot of contending. So for Webb Simpson to basically just make the cut, and just play fine over the weekend, I think is a good bet. In his last four appearances at the Masters, a 20th, a 5th, a 10th, and a 12th. So Webb Simpson, someone I don't think is going to win, but I think that a top 40 or a top 20 at like plus 300, it presents some good value. So he's a little bit of a longer shot that I like uh, this weekend. He's just like a course horse, and I think he could get it done. Yeah, he's... I think fifth in strokes gained approach over the last five years at Augusta. So yeah, that lines up another guy um, that I like is Corey Connors. Not if, if the, I mean, if the guy could ever putt, I mean, he he'll win a major, but uh, I don't know if that'll happen this week. Uh, Any thoughts or insight there? I like, I like Corey Connors. Like (laughs) if you look like, 
you know, I, I did a couple master, I did a couple uh, major preview shows like over the winter or whatever. And like, I kind of made some bets just looking at some stuff like Corey Cotton has been excellent at the masters. Like he's just really good at the masters. And it again, fits into this mold of you see these poor putters that are just immaculate ball strikers contend and, and play well at Augusta. So, you know, I, I think that the course history is absolutely there. I bet him last week pretty heavily and he, you know, wasn't anything great, but I think a top 20, I, I do not think Corey Connors can win. I, I do not think he could win a, a, a green jacket right now, but I do think for a top 20 in a matchup, a top 10, I, I like that. And you know, the thing about Augusta that I've heard from, from people and that are, you know, are very good golfers and, you know, know people on the PGA tour is that these greens are lightning fast. Like these are extremely fast greens and for whatever reason, it helps bad putters because it's like a shorter backswing. It's a shorter stroke back. And also everyone's kind of struggling with, um, these greens. So I think that if there's just too much of a trend, in my opinion, um, that, you know, just take talented ball strikers that, that struggle with the flag stick, you know, Corey Connors, I think he's going to be one of the highest owned guys in DraftKings because his price is so low. And you look at the course history at the masters and you're just like, yeah, this, this two straight top tens, like, it's just, that's, that's just something that is, is going to be, you know, useful. So I, I think Corey Connors definitely uh, will have a, a good week this week. That's why I um, like uh, – Zach, go ahead. I was going to ask, I just looking at it, it always feels like there's one superstar that kind of disappoints and maybe a miscut. I don't know. Like, this is very – he's the number one player in the world. But Scotty Scheffler kind of – he just seems so hot right now that he's, he's a very trendy pick to win this week. Of those, let's say, the top ten odds-wise – um, who do you see missing the cut out of those those big names or the most likely to? You know, it's tough. Scotty, I would not fade at all. Like, I, I just think he's too talented, and he actually has some good history at Augusta, and he has Bubba Watson's caddy on the bag. So, Scotty, I would not fade at all. You know, I think it's tough, but I'm going to say Rory. Like, I, I don't know what it is with him. But he just – he needs to win a green jacket to complete a grand slam, and he just doesn't seem to have it. You know, he missed the cut last year. I talked about how hard it is to miss the cut. He missed the cut last year. He missed the cut last week. I, I just – people every year think it's his year to win um, the Masters, and I think he would have figured it out by now. So elite guy to miss the cut. I'll go Rory McIlroy uh, this week. Okay. Are you – going to draw anything from the 2020 fall masters considering it's looking like it's gonna be a little cooler this week some rain um how are you factoring the weather in so the weather i think it's gonna play tough like i i would say the winning score will not be higher than minus 12 uh i think it's going to be a tough masters look there's gonna be some wind friday afternoon there's gonna be it's gonna be pretty windy both afternoons actually and augusta's been getting rain but you know, they have sub air systems so they could kind of dry out the green. But when, you know, a lot, a lot of people that are more into agronomy than me then talk about it. This isn't, you know, my, my thing or anything. But when it rains, the ball goes 
uh, it goes less far in the fairways. You don't get as much run out if these fairways are not as dry. So that's going to favor longer hitters. Like I just think it ha- it has to. And then the other thing is that they've uh, they've made a few of these holes longer. So people are just going to be hitting longer irons into these greens. So that's why I really like Wells Alatoris because he's so good with his long irons and he's so long off the tee that I just think it can only help him. That doesn't really help my Spieth narrative, but Spieth is more of just a number play for me. 26 to one is just too high for me to bet, but I just think that distance is going to help and it's, it's going to be more important this week with the weather. No doubt. Um, one thing you mentioned earlier was the, the aspect of putting and you don't necessarily have to be the best putter because the difficulty of the greens kind of evens the playing field a little bit. So one guy that hasn't been putting well, but seems to put well on fast greens, Augusta greens, fast bent greens specifically is Xander Schauffele. Um And his numbers aren't really that bad right now. It's just, he hasn't been putting well. Um, thoughts on him. Xander's really interesting because, you know, everyone like everyone like he's been great at Augusta and everyone remembers last year. Like I vividly remember watching the Masters and it's just like Decky kind of had this lead and then he makes a double and then it's just like, oh, shit, like Xander's in this right now. Like Xander's like a guy that can like actually like win the Masters right now. And then he dunks one in the water and he puts one of the only water balls on that hole, like all day. And he's the guy chasing. Yeah. On 16, like he was one of the only guys all day to put one in the water. And he's the only guy that had a chance to win um, and, and chase down Hideki. Look, I I, like Xander's he's, he's proven it at Augusta. Like I know he hasn't won, but he's proven that he just plays well at Augusta. Another guy, like I talked about before, you just play him in majors. I, I think he's a fine play. I just, I'm I just rather bet someone that I think can win. And I think a lot of people would be really happy if Xander won, but just, he was bad at the match play. Like he was just bad. I I don't, there's just no two ways about it. He was just not good. Yeah. I mean, history has shown with, with Xander. I mean, he hasn't flipped that narrative yet that come, come Sunday, if he's in contention at a big event at a major, he hasn't shown that, that ability to close. So I'm kind of with you there. He's got no chance <laughs> not to be rude to Xander, but it's just, I, I Parker, I tell you about it all the time. And Brian, I don't know what your thoughts on it. I feel like legitimately in each major, there's actually like six, seven guys that can win normally. If that, um, I just, Xander just doesn't seem like the, the killer you kind of have to be down the stretch um, in order to get, but maybe he is, who knows? Maybe I'm dead wrong. Yeah, no, it, it's tough because I felt that way. I mean, it was biased, but I felt that way about Scotty, like for a little bit, like I had a massive wager on him at the Houston open. Like I had a lot of money on him and he made some really bad bogeys down the stretch. Like it's one thing if like Coke rack just chased him down, like he made some really bad bogeys and he missed a lot of three footers for par. And I'm just like, this guy can't fucking win. Like he just sucks. Like, yeah. And then he goes out and wins and wins three times. Now, I don't – like, Xander would have done that by now. Like, yeah. I, I, so I, I think it's – it's 
he Xander's an instance where it just like he's proven it too many times um, as to where he just doesn't, you know, seem to have it, you know, on Sundays. And, you know, I, I love Louis Ustazen, but I'm done betting him. It's just a waste he's of money. Yeah, he's same boat, same boat. It's just like at a certain point in their career, it gets a little bit old and it's not something I'm willing to, to, to wager money on. And we know, and we all know how mental golf is. I mean, it's, it's all in their head, especially with how good all of these guys are ball striking, but. How Brian, how do you differentiate? Because, you know, everyone always talks about, you know, at Augusta strokes gained approach is the most important stat, but that's no different than it is at any other golf tournament, that's always going to be the most important metric. Um, is there anything outside of approach numbers, um, whether off the tee, on the greens, uh, that you're kind of focusing on? Yeah, I, I think you absolutely have to have a great short game um, to win here. And I think that's something to, to definitely look at. And, you know, you look at, you know, Patrick Reed. He's a Masters winner. He is had uh you know he hasn't been playing great recently but he's had some of the best short game you know on tour jordan spieth i mean he's magic beans around the green excellent short game he's won a green jacket so i think guys another guy that i like this week as a little bit of a longer shot and some top 20 play you know whatever is Mark Leishman. Uh, Mark Leishman has a fantastic around the green game, and he's been great at the Masters, regardless of the form he's in. Last year, he was off two missed cuts and finished top 10. He missed he missed the cut in his last uh, start. I don't care. So I think around the green game is going to be important. And like I talked about before, uh, I think driving distance will be a, a big advantage this week and guys that can hit their long irons well as well. Correct me Speaking if I'm, of, go ahead. go ahead, Parker. I was going to say, correct yeah, me if I'm wrong, but um, accuracy off the tee is not really crucial. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And these fairways are, are wide. And, you know, I, I think the perfect example of, you know, as to these fairways are pretty forgiving is look at Cam Smith's record here. He has three top tens. Like, Cam Smith is pretty wayward off the tee and he has an amazing approach game and a gr- amazing short game and amazing putting. So that like, that's, that checks out for me. Like it absolutely is. You could be a little wonky off the tee um, this week and, and still get by just fine. I guess speaking of Leishman, he's a guy I always pick and a lot of our listeners I know uh, do those masters pools. He's always typically like a tier three guy and he's just so steady, but I was going to ask, do you have any advice um, for somebody maybe that they're doing a master's pool for the first time and they're having to pick these tiers, obviously pick guys that make the cut. But um, I, I always try to tell people don't read too much into all the stats, but at the same time, you kind of have to, is there a way you can approach those if you do those, you know, the master's pools, are like, you know, kind of tough, but like, it's, I would like, if someone asked me for advice on a master's pool, like I would just tell them like who I would want to like bet, like who I like think will like contend and like play well, which like it's tough. I I think most people doing a master's pool, unless they're super serious or not like pulling up strokes gain data. Like, I just think they're just like picking the guys um they like but you know just to like kind of go through like quit like like tiers like i would go jt at 
JT or DJ at the top. Second tier, I would go like Cam Smith or Brooks or Zalatoris. And then I like Lowry. Um, I like Hatton and Fitzpatrick. Um, so, and then Leash, I said, and then like a total long shot. I kind of like Brian Harmon and Webb. But those would be like my guys for um, for the pool. But I think in those, you just – ownership doesn't matter. Like who people are betting doesn't matter. Like just kind of take the best available guy. You know, there's no odds. So, you know, if the second tier is like Brooks Kepka, like Jordan Spieth, like just take Brooks. Like he's going to be in it. Like he's the safest option for a top 10 finish this week, in my opinion. Yeah, you don't need to you don't need to overthink it. Just yeah. take the best player. I, I agree with you there. Um, okay, we'll kind of start wrapping up here. So, what are your favorite plays of the week? Absolutely. So, if you know you're just listening and you want to make some money, my two absolute locks, in my opinion, like these, I'm betting a lot of money on these. Like, I, I, like these are my favorite plays. Are Will Zalatoris top 20 at plus 130. He came in second place last year and he putted well. I'm going to play Will Zalatoris at places he can putt well at. And he also changed his putter at the match play and started putting really well. So I, I love Will Zalatoris this week. And then my second favorite top 20 play would be Shane Lowry. I've been betting him and I'm not going to stop now Last three starts, second, 13th, 12th, gained 6.8 on approach, 3.9, 4.5. He's playing some excellent golf right now. And, um, you know, there's some stats out there. I don't know if I can pull it up right now, but that, like, the whatever, X. Okay, I got it right here. So eight out of 10 last Masters winners were 1.7 strokes gained, T to green or better in the last three months leading into the Masters. Reed and Hideki were the only people to buck this trend. Neiman, Zalatoris, I like him. Rom, JT, Lowry, Rory, List, Scheffler. Look, I just think those are my absolute two favorite plays. Lowry and Zalatoris, top 20. And then I'm not going to come on here and say that an outright is my favorite play because it just it's just most likely not going to hit. It's just too hard. And it's just, there's so many variables. But those are my absolute two favorite plays this week that uh, I will be having a lot of money on. So what's your, what's your nightmare scenario this week? What's, 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 is there a, for example, you know, I bet Xander over the years that he always lets me down. Is there a guy that, that you have always loved? You've always bet him, but in the last, I don't know, few months, you've, you officially retired off that guy. And if he gets it done, it would just be heartbreaking for you. Okay. So um, I like, I love Louis Ustazen. Um, but like my thing about him is that if he won, which he literally won't, I would be able to dunk on everybody that says he can't win. My absolute nightmare scenario would be if Brooks Kepka wins at like, absolutely. Like I just like, it's just so obvious and he's easily the most tip golfer. And if he wins at 20 to one, I'll just be like, you basically just didn't bet it because it was super popular and and everyone was was betting it and i'll be upset with myself if brooks kepka wins yeah you and you know he'll be like top five saturday afternoon and you'll be sweating it out (laughs) yeah but 
Yeah, I, I, I know. I, I'll have a, I'll have a little bit of insurance because, um, I know everyone doesn't like everyone doesn't have these like odds, but I have um like or better props, so you can bet someone to finish fifteenth like this week, like Will Zalatoris twenty second or better. But I'm gonna throw some insurance on Brooks Kepka twenty third or better. I mean that's just a silly number. He, he will finish in the top twenty, but I think. I was there. This is so random, but I was there um, that back nine uh, when he won his last major at the PGA Championship at Beth Page, and he just hasn't been the same golfer on Sundays ever since. And people are going to say, "Oh, well, he won waste management. He fell into that. He had an extremely lucky chip in for eagle. He wasn't thing. like in the final group, like grunt, like, and then." You know, waste management this year, he was such in a chance to win that tournament and he totally faulted. And then at the PGA final group, he lost to fucking Phil Mickelson. I think Brooks doesn't have it anymore on Sundays. That's a ridiculous thing to say, but I just something's wrong with I'm him. In the same, I'm in the same boat as you. I have that I think the exact same. And I'm not a, I'm not a Brooks fan, so I'll proudly tweet that out every the last few majors when he's faded on Sunday. I'm all over Twitter with that. So I'm with you there. It's it's totally reasonable to say he just got insanely hot for a two yep. and a half year stretch of his life. And like he that was the the tip of the iceberg. He'll never be better than that, which is not a, a big deal at all. Like that's a hell of a career. But I, I kind of agree with both you guys there. All right. Zach, any uh, any more questions? Yeah, which Oklahoma State Cowboy finishes the highest? Matt Wolf. Taylor Gooch or Victor Hovland? Um, I'll go T Gooch um, for like no reason at all. Um, <laughs> but yeah, T Gooch, Hovland, I, I don't trust here. And Matthew Wolf, he's, he's pretty lost, but uh, I, so like you guys are, you know, some, some Southern boys. Do you guys like enjoy my Long Island, New York accent? Is it funny to you oh, guys? Uh, I love it. Yeah, I'm glad. I, I, I work with some people from New York too, so it's no big deal to me. That's great. Hey, hey, here you go. I got some reason to back your gooch play. Third in the field over the last 50 rounds and strokes gained around the green. There you go. He's good. I I, I think Gooch can play well this week. I, I might put him in a few DraftKings lineup because he's he's, he's not gonna win. Not gonna win. No shot. Yeah, he's one of those guys who just no shot at all. Like <laughs> But he's gonna he's there, hopefully a top ten or something. But yeah. Yeah. All right, Brian. Well, you are the man. We really appreciate uh, you joining us. Everyone should follow Brian on Twitter if you want great insight like this. At Brian Kirshner. That's K-I-R-S-C-H-N-E-R. I spelled that right, correct? Nailed it. Nailed it, dude. Oh, yeah. Hey, you're the best. Uh, love your content. Uh, maybe we can have you on before uh, the PGA at Southern Hills. So. Yeah, no, I, I would I would have loved to uh, to pull up, but uh, I got a lot of trips planned. Uh, but I, I really appreciate the kind words. I really appreciate you guys having me on, and I wish you guys the best of luck uh, in your podcasting endeavors. And, you know, when you tweet it out, I'll retweet it and everything, and you guys are great. So I'm glad we were able to do this. <laughs>